Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that connects people facing divorce with trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. Before we get started, I want to take a minute to recommend a great online dating coach and personal stylist. Her name is Alyssa Deneen, and the name of her company is Style My Profile. And Alyssa is somebody who can help you if you haven't dated in years, if you are not familiar with online dating, or if you're really frustrated with online dating and you need some help. She can help you write your online profile, help you with photo shoots, choose your best photo, communicate with matches, help you with swiping and answer your dating questions. And most importantly, she can help you stay positive and inspired. If you wanna find Alyssa, you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling, or at stylemyprofilenyc.com. Today's episode is going to be wonderful. We're going to talk about the holidays as it pertains to eating, gaining weight, feeling shameful and bad about what you're eating, feeling bad about yourself, and add in the mix, oh, I'm going through a divorce. So the holidays are emotional enough. And when you add all the food and the drinks and the parties into it, it really can get complicated and very stressful. And I have such a wonderful guest. I'm so excited to talk about this because the objective of this podcast is going to be how to get through the holidays, eating what you want, not feeling bad about it and not gaining weight. So with that said, I want to introduce my guest, registered dietitian, personal trainer, and health concierge, Leslie Urbis. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really glad that you could do this because I think you're going to help so many women. Do you agree with what I'm saying that the holidays when you're getting divorced, really for anybody, are very emotional. But when you're getting divorced, that's another layer. And people just have this weird thing about eating and guilt and all this stuff. What do you think? 110%. The realization of either being alone or with somebody that you're kind of making it through the holidays, but you know you're about to get divorced from is just lonely, disheartening. You know, you feel unsure of the emotions of what is going on around you, you know? And food plays into that. Like, so, so Leslie's practice is to help people eat healthier, be happy, feel good about themselves. Of course, weight loss is like a byproduct of those things. So I love your whole brand, Leslie, and what you do. So tell my listeners, is it true, first of all, that the average person gains seven pounds during the holidays. Have you ever heard that statement? Because I've been hearing it for years. Oh, yeah, that, that technically is a true statement. I uh, used to teach spin class and starting on Halloween, I'd start every class off like that. Welcome to the w- welcome to the percent that doesn't gain the seven pounds. What do you think goes into the weight gain? Why does this happen? 
because the majority of people live in a prison of rules around restrictions on food for the majority of their year. And the holiday becomes the point where they cannot, they cannot implement the rules enough during the shortened season of it. And include into that the added emotional stress being impossible for you to keep yourself in alignment with every single prison bar, as I like to say of it, of every single rule you have around food. You're willing to break at least one per day and the inclusion of the amount of days then adds up to your weight gain. Why do people eat? Why do they eat besides when they're hungry? Why do they binge? Why do they just eat stuff that they don't even really want? They eat without thinking. What are some of the reasons? Food is our primary source of control. So I don't know if most people know this, but the number one complaint area in a hospital is food. Because when you're in a hospital, you lose control of everything you get to do. You know, sometimes you don't even get to pee and poop where you want to. Sometimes you don't get to sleep through the night because people are waking you up. Sometimes you don't get to choose what time your appointments are. You're subject to everyone else dictating your life. And the only thing that you typically get to dictate is what comes on your tray. So if somebody messes up your tray, you're pretty upset, right? So let's incur that into a regular situation here during the holidays of why. So why do we place rules, okay? We place rules because in our minds, we believe when we make it to our magical unicorn weight, the weight that is gonna change our whole lives when we see it on the scale, when we arrive at that number, you know, the skies are gonna part, everything's gonna be great, okay? But we can't just arrive at the number by eating what we want, so we place a rule. No eating after 8 p.m., that doesn't help us to arrive at our unicorn weight. So now we're not eating after 8 p.m. and we're following keto. Second prison bar pops up. Okay, so now I'm living by these two and the scale might be going down, but I still haven't reached my magical unicorn weight. So I'm gonna throw in hours of eating like intermittent fasting potentially does. So now I'm not gonna eat until X time. I'm gonna stop eating at X time and I'm gonna only eat a keto diet, okay? Throw up another prison bar. Well, that's not helping me. And I've had a really bad and stressful day and I'm deserving of X treat. Okay. Let's just call X treat the Christmas cookie because we're here at Christmas. Okay. So I've got my rules, no eating between these hours. I'm not supposed to eat anything but keto. And I want a Christmas cookie and I'm at a holiday party where I'm not feeling very good in my skin. So because I'm still not at my magical unicorn weight, I pop a cookie into my mouth. And that cookie feels good because the cookie is not just a cookie. That cookie is every memory you have of making a cookie with your family in the kitchen. That cookie is of the blessed times. We actually, most of us had good times when we were a kid. If we got Christmas presents and we believed in Santa and we had these memories of opening up endless boxes. And even if our families fought and we had some things like that, we have happy memories typically around these. We don't remember, oh, right after I made that Christmas cookie, though, my mom and dad got in this huge argument. No, we remember the Christmas cookies, right? So this cookie now invokes this most positive, happy emotion in you. And your prison of, you know, these rules that you've set up for yourself dissipates as you put the cookie in your mouth. 
And so this cookie feels way better than the rules you're setting up for yourself because you still haven't reached your magical unicorn weight. So insert another cookie, insert another cookie, insert another cookie. Feels like control, peace, happiness because we're putting up these bars and these rules to live in so we can see the unicorn weight, but the bars aren't providing us the magical thing we're thinking will occur when we reach our weight. The bars are keeping us back and holding us back from who we really want to be and what we really want to see when we reach that weight. But the cookie gets us closer because the cookie brings us happiness. And we believe the unicorn weight will get us our happiness. So now the cookie becomes equal to the happiness instead of the bars we placed up. Does that make sense? Completely. So it's really a lot about control. People eat for control. People also, I think, eat from if they're bored. There's so many wrong reasons to eat. Over, I should say overeat and, and just binge eat because they're bored, because they're nervous, because they have anxiety. Maybe you're at a holiday party, you're newly divorced, and you just feel very self-conscious. Now, I think that that would be a case where people wouldn't eat, but um, maybe you, when you get home, you eat a ton because you feel so much more comfort. People eat for comfort, right? Am I on the right track here? Agreed with that. However, I take a different stance of none of these are wrong. These are things that are keeping you in that prison and keeping you in a prison of shame. And it is that shame that is increasing your weight and your need to eat because you're bored, your need to eat because you're sad, your need to eat because you're incomplete. Okay. So following with me here is that I just ate because I was bored. I can't believe I did that. That's not in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a horrible person. Increases the shame, increases how many bars you add, increases you stuck with in this cycle of not getting the result you want. Okay. So I like to change people's minds to, oh, wow. I just ate because I was bored. Well, okay. Time to move on to the next activity. By releasing the stress that you've placed on yourself from consuming the food for boredom, whatever, you're now taking the extra pounds it could add off of your body because you're releasing your stress hormone. So yeah, we eat for all those reasons, but instead of viewing it as bad, view it as, well, that's an activity that just occurred. Go easy on yourself. Be easy mm -hmm. on your. There's no shame in eating for whatever reason you want to eat. Food gives us comfort. It makes us happy. It tastes good. It might calm us down and that's okay. Correct. It's becoming at peace with the action performed because what people don't understand is that, yeah, we all eat for emotion reasons. Like people are like, oh, I ate because I was bored. I could name zero people on this planet that have never ate because they were bored. I don't care, you know, if they have the best, cleanest diet and the healthiest body at one point in their life, they ate because they were bored. Every single one of us eats an emotion. Why do you think you get excited when they're like, oh my gosh, X candy is in the store. You're like, 
Oh, it's that time of year. Yes, I can't wait for the little Butterfinger bells that come out at Christmas time because real Butterfingers get stuck in my teeth, but I love the Butterfinger bells, right? Okay, like whatever that may be. You're like, yes, I'm so excited. That invokes an emotion. So we all emotionally eat every single day. We eat because we want that. It makes us feel good. It's a cold day and a warm cup of tomato soup makes us feel good. That's an emotion, okay? So when we take off, oh, I just emotionally ate because my ex, I saw a picture of my ex with a girl or something like that. Or I saw, you know, I, I just had to have an encounter with him or her and it was awful. It was the worst experience I've ever had. And now I went and I drowned my sorrows by emotionally eating a bag of Oreos, okay? Instead of viewing it as that, view it as a piece of like, well, that just was me. And so you don't increase the stress hormones in your body. Why are these things viewed as bad? Why is bored eating bad? And I put those in parentheses. Why is emotional eating bad? Putting in parentheses. Why is binge eating bad? Because we say they increase our weight on a scale, but the action does not. The guilt and the shame that come afterwards, which drive up our hormones of stress hormones, keep us at a highly alert stressed state, which increases our body's response to increase fat for fear of death. So now we've increased the stress in our body, which increases our fear of death from eating, the action of eating. Yes, it can go the other direction, but just from the action of eating, most people, when they binge eat, they worry in a way that causes the increase of fat in their body. And that's why they see the weight go up and thus the binge eating, the emotional eating, the bored eating is bad. When it's not, it's just something that's done on a day-to-day -day basis by most people. So when we can release that and no longer hold ourselves in a state of shame and guilt with increased stress hormones, it doesn't affect our weight on the scale. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I am here with Leslie Urbis, health concierge and founder of her company, leslieurbis.com. I want to tell everybody, Leslie has a master's degree, and she served in the military, served in the Navy as a dietitian and in the reserves. And I just have so much respect for anybody who serves our country. So thank you for that, Leslie. I want to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to get to tips for staying in shape and still enjoying the holidays. We'll be right back. I want to take a minute and recommend two divorced girls smiling trusted professionals who I think you're going to want to know about. The first one is Varghese Somerset Family Law Group. They are a Fort Worth based divorce firm and I have to tell you they are wonderful. They're very highly respected, trusted, well regarded and the firm is led by managing partner Turner Thornton, who is an experienced litigator and just a great, great person, full of knowledge. Really, really like them. If you want to learn more about Varghese Somerset, you can find them at FamilyTexas.com or in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to talk about investment and wealth management firm Vester Capital. I have been a personal client of Vester for over eight years. 
The people I work with are Elaine Moss and Pete Mullins. They are a team, and Pete is a certified divorce financial analyst. And they are so wonderful, both from a performance and a service standpoint. I cannot count the number of times I have called them with questions, and they call back immediately. They always give you as much time as you need. They understand the complexities that are involved and the emotional issues with divorce and money. So if you want to learn more about Vester, you can find them at VesterCapital.com or, of course, in the Trusted Professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I am your host. Today, I'm here with Leslie Urbis, health concierge. Leslie and I are talking about divorce, overeating, shame, and Christmas cookies. Leslie, tell me some tips. How can people who are going through a divorce, or like you said earlier, miserably in a marriage and know they're going to be divorced, or even right after divorce, not gain the seven pounds over the holidays. I love how we keep talking about the seven pounds. It's just such a great message there. I just, I think it makes people laugh, you know, like, isn't seven supposed to be a lucky number? Anyways, uh, I digress there. So here's my number one tip I tell people. Be present with your food. 90% of our food in a day is consumed by not being present with it. You know, we scarf down lunch while we're doing work. We have a bar in the car on the way to drop the kids off at school or something. We're busy. So eating becomes secondhand until dinner, typically. And sometimes it's not even dinner we're aware because, you know, Joey's going that way. Joni's going this way. I'm going that way. And we've got 18 different places that we're going. In order for us to achieve being able to fully eat it, just a cookie, like just a cookie. All I want to do is eat just a cookie. I do want to eat the Christmas cookie. I just enjoyed making them with my kids. I want to eat one. How do I do that? I'm present with it. I take a bite of my cookie consciously. I'm aware. I'm saying I am going to take in my head or out loud. I don't care. I am going to take a bite of this delicious Christmas cookie I just made. Okay. And I take a bite of the Christmas cookie and I chew it and I eat it. And when I'm done swallowing it, I ask myself on a scale of one to 10, one being the least, 10 being the most, how much did I enjoy that cookie? If it is not an eight or higher, please don't eat any more of the cookie. You're actually not enjoying the cookie. And that's where people miss out. I have eaten a lot of sugar cookies in my life and I think they're beautiful, but I think they taste disgusting because they're typically hard. They're not typically soft. And while the icing on them is delicious, I'd rather stick my finger in icing and eat that over the sugar cookie. So you won't see me choose that. However, and if you need the recipe, I can pass it on to you. My mom taught me how to make gooey butter cookies, which is something St. Louis, Missouri thrives on is gooey butter cake. And my daughter and I make them. I can eat the batter. I can eat the cookies. And I don't want to stop. Never do I feel like they ever fall from a 10 from me. So what I do as I typically portion how many I want to eat at that moment. So when I'm looking at the cookies, when they're just done, I typically go with three. I don't know why, it's always been my thing. And I eat each one with awareness of how delicious it tastes, like it's the first time I've ever consumed the cookie. And then if I don't feel done, I'll grab another. But if I've consumed the three and I feel as though I need more, I really ask myself two questions. 
do I feel satisfied enough for now that I can come back later to get them? Or do I need another? And I'll go to another. And I'll keep asking myself, believe it or not, if you've spent enough time with the cookies, really enjoying each bite, rating each bite on a scale of one to 10, you don't typically need that many more to feel satisfied because you've spent your time with the food instead of shoving a bar in your mouth while you're taking your kids to school. So is this the kind of thing that you talk about with people you work with? You do counseling on this to teach them how to eat this way and be present? 100%. This is exactly, that's one of the major tips I teach people in the beginning of working with me is bringing awareness to what you're eating. Why are we overeating, bored eating, binge eating, not eating enough? Because we're actually not present with the food. I've had a lot of women say, oh, I don't have a problem with eating. I could go all day without eating. And I believe that. But I believe if they actually spent time with their food in an enjoyment way, they would no longer want to go all day without eating. They'd actually look forward to eating. And that's really the key. That's a healthy attitude, looking forward to eating and Mm -hmm. your body and loving your body enough to give it good food. And then you will enjoy the food because you'll think, oh, my body is needing this to be nutritious. 100%. Yes. As you process it and you know, and you've spent time with it, it's like your cup is full. Like we always talk about, you got to fill your cup, right? Tell me some more tips. How else can you avoid feeling guilty and shameful if you do overeat? So being present with the food allows you to feel satisfied by the food, but it doesn't mean that you're not still going to have guilt or shame come up from it. Because many of us that have those prison bars up of I don't eat sugar, I don't eat cake, I don't eat whatever, the more bars we placed on ourselves, when we take it down to allow ourselves to consume the food, we have a lot of guilt going on in our brain. So that guilt is there because that's something that's running in our background. So more of how I view people of teaching them how to release guilt and shame is imagine a little kid who just turned one and their smash cake. Most smash cakes are a personal sized cake that could feed eight adults. But as humans, the first encounter we're giving our little one-year-olds at this point is with a beautiful smash cake that is eight, actually probably 16 times the portion that they should be consuming at that point in life. And we love it. And we watch their little faces light up. And typically nowhere in there have I ever seen a mother respond, I can't believe they ate half of it. Do you know how much sugar that is? That is so bad for them, right? They're like, oh, they're so cute and there's icing everywhere. And oh, I'm so excited. I made it through the first year of their life, right? Like we get into that happiness. So what if when you get to that moment of, wow, I made 12 cookies and all of them are gone two hours later. What if you looked at yourself like that little one-year-old that was trained at some point that a sweet that was 16 times what they should have had was normal. And maybe you've just learned the wrong pattern. 
And if it's something you really want to break, learn how to break it instead of sit there telling yourself how unworthy and guilty and bad you should feel. Imagine giving yourself grace like you're a one-year-old and then really step into, if this is something I really do want to break during the holidays, after the holidays, I don't care, get somebody to help you with it, whether it's a podcast or anything, because it will help you to start to feel at peace with your food. And as you heal yourself, that will help you to only eat one of the 12 cookies you made. This is so interesting because I think people listening, everybody has issues with food. I've never met one person who doesn't. Thin people, larger people, every size and shape. Talk to me about just appreciating your body for what it is and not having to be so perfect. Because I think that people going through a divorce feel like, oh no, now I'm single again. I need to be perfect. I need to get my body back in shape. I need to lose 15 pounds. And what I want to tell my listeners is, no, you don't. You need to lose the pounds that you want to lose for yourself and to be healthy. That is a great message for sure that you want to lose for yourself and to be healthy. Um, Because I do understand that there is quote unquote healthy at every size. It just depends, you know? Do you feel comfortable at the weight you're at walking up a flight of stairs and being completely winded if you are completely winded? You know, if you walk up the flight of stairs and you're completely winded because, you know, carried 15 grocery bags, you don't feel the same way, right? But what I'm growing to here is to say, it's actually a hashtag on Instagram, normalize normal bodies that I feel like is one of the best things for somebody that's struggling with how much weight should I lose to check out? Because it's amazing. Some of the pictures that you see of these women that look like they have a perfect body. And then they put the picture next to them of just how big the gut is and how, and they'll teach you in the caption of how they angled their body to make their body look perfect for the photo. And why do I say that? Because if you're struggling internally with your body, that comes from a deeper, more rooted level of respecting yourself and myself personally, I lived in this for a very long time. I learned at a young age that what I was taught was beautiful, was a petite, blonde, blue eyes, very skinny woman. And I was none of those things ever. So because of that, I never achieved that. I don't think that you're alone in this, Leslie. I think that this is how almost everybody grew up with pressure. And before Instagram, it was magazine covers. Really ask yourself with the weight that I want to lose, is it coming from a, a, I want to be healthier for myself? Or is it coming from what I call that unicorn weight? If I just get myself there, the skies will part, the rainbows will come out, the mermaids will start swimming in the sea and life will be grand. Because as far as I know, no number like that has ever made everything work in anyone's life. You are so right. And to people listening who are getting divorced, don't think to yourself, if I could lose weight, I'll meet Mr. Right. I'll get over my ex. My ex will see me and be sorry that 
we got divorced. I mean, I could go on and on and I'm not judging anybody because I was in this position for years when I was younger. And if you can love your body because you love it, that's all that matters. As long as I would say you're healthy and happy with it, that is all that matters. This has been wonderful. Leslie, thank you so much for taking time to do this podcast. I think it's such an important topic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Tell my listeners, how do you work with people? You can do one-on-ones. What else? Yeah. So I have one-to-one, I have group programs, and then I have self-study courses where you can learn at your own pace. And then you also have a Facebook group that people can join where you're giving tips like this all the time. Yes, correct. It's called the Food Emotion Code right now. Okay. And then also, I love all of your social media posts. Follow Leslie on social media. It is hilarious. She is so vulnerable, so authentic, puts it out there. Hilarious, so real. I just love that about you and I love your energy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Back at you. And if you want to find Leslie, you can go to leslieurbas.com, U-R-B-A-S.com, or you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. And if you want to find other divorce professionals, you can go to divorcedgirlsmiling.com. If you want to listen to more podcasts, read articles, download my mobile app, or sign up for my free consult, divorcegirlsmiling.com. I want to wish everybody happy, healthy eating during the holidays. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you real soon.